Hello and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the show that was injured at halftime and came back without any clue where it was, but gave a magnificent performance out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider. Welcome to Breaking Mayberry, the show from Philadelphia with no bitterness whatsoever. (laughs) The show that's handling things great. The show that's doing just fine. The show that, without with zero irony, suggested multiple times today that there should be a congressional investigation into the NFL's referees. Yeah. So, the show that's thriving, really. In fact, maybe you guys have the problem. Maybe it's you, huh? We're doing great. The, sh- the show that's getting show increasingly that- <laughs> defensive. The show that had a party anyway, just to show that we're better than than the others. We lost the Super Bowl, yeah. folks. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know what we're talking about. Philadelphia lost the Super Bowl, and uh, on a bullshit call, and like one of the most disappointing endings to a Super Bowl game I've ever seen. Yeah, a game that had been fantastic up until that point. I got my best rioting clothes on. I was going to go be amongst my people, and instead I did the slow death march home <laughs> amongst people and, deciding just whether walk or not of shame to get something. That's why I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I didn't go anywhere because I was hedging my bets. I was like, you know what? I'm staying home. If I need to march down Broad Street, it's right there, and if I need to go to bed, it's also right there. Yeah. That's why that's why I didn't go anywhere. But like since then, just this weird little bit of bitterness through the whole city has permeated, where it's just like, yeah, well, we're still Philly, and we it's better to be us than Kansas City anyway, which I suppose is probably true. Yeah. But like, so as you can tell, we're dealing we're dealing with it great. Um, the vibe here is ten out of ten. It's really everybody here was has been so nice for like the past three weeks. That it is just a hard crash into be like, actually, I want to take back all my human kindness. I'm going to be twice as mean to make up for the fact that I said you looked nice on the street. You didn't look nice, and in fact, give me all your money. Fuck you. I don't know, man. I feel like the Super Bowl vibe here has been, uh, it's different than, like, when the Phillies were in the World Series. Like, the lead-up to this felt a little bit on edge. When the Phillies were in the World Series and we were playing baseball, everybody was like, Go Phils! Go Phils! Hello world is a song that we're singing! Come on, get happy! Like, the whole city was very Sunshine and Rainbows. And the past couple weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, it's been, like... Like, like you're having a good time, but the kind of good time that people on cocaine have. Yeah. You know, like, like we're all happy. We're all up and, and enjoying this, but that can crash at any point. Yeah. So, quick for- quick note, uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia has now lost <laughs> three, three major sports championships in a span of four months. The MLS Cup, the World Series, and the Super Bowl. Two of those were on the same day. Yeah. So, let's go Sixers! So, I was wor- I knew we needed an intro, and I was worried that we were going to get sucked into complaining about the Super Bowl, because that's the vibe that we've both been in today. So, yeah. um, to make sure that we had something to talk about today, I did something kind of drastic. Marty, I got a tattoo. Um, yeah! Yeah. So what you got? Episode saved. I'm shooting it over to you right now. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. You uh, you got you got the you got the no face tattoo on the back of your uh leg, which 
All right. Yeah. Kind of a dumb place for a tattoo. Like I, it's, what... I want, it's my first tattoo, and I literally thought about what it was going to be for like five seconds because I was going. I like it. Yeah. I, I like. I it. was gonna go with the uh, the Magnola skull, like the way he, the way the Hellboy guy draws skulls for a little bit, and it, Brianna kept being like. I support the decisions that you want to make, but are you sure you're the kind of person that can put a skull on their body? Are you sure that meets with your vibe? And I was like, yeah, I think it's a good idea, but the way everybody looks at me whenever I say it indicates it's probably not. It's it's hard to do that. It's hard to pick like a tattoo for like what kind of vibe you're putting on, yeah. right? Like, did I ever tell you about my dad's tattoo and what I did with a radio show? No. All right. So, so my father has my father has several tattoos, mm-hmm. um, and they're all ranging in quality. I will say this, but uh, the most notable one is that my my dad is very into he, he at the time of this he had two big hobbies. One was sci-fi. The other was mountain biking. Mm-hmm. My father has a tattoo on the back of his leg where you have ooh, your tattoo. Ooh, can now. I can I guess? Can yeah. I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I'm going to say that it is I'm I'm trying to I'm going to say uh the guy from Blade Runner doing a really sick jump on a BMX. Okay, so you're halfway there. Yes. You're halfway <laughs> Wait, there. Wait, which half did I get? <laughs> you did, the Blade Runner part is wrong. Damn it. Uh, uh, one more try. One more try. It's not Darth Vader because your father wouldn't wouldn't get a Star Wars tattoo. The Xenomorph. Think think, think more generic. You're 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 putting like an actual specific alien in there, but no, we're going more generic. Is it just an alien so on a bike? It's it's just an alien. <laughs> it's just a little green man on a mountain bike doing a wheelie and giving the peace sign. Fuck yes! It is actually it is actually the logo of a mountain bike race in Roswell, New Mexico, which under those can contexts makes perfect sense. Yeah. But my father, my father, who has not been in that race as far as I know, just has a, a tattoo of like a clip art alien give, on, giving a peace sign, doing a jump on a mountain bike. And I say that out loud, and it's sick as that like. Rad- Awesome. Fucking hell! It, the it's only so way just... it could be better is if he's smoking a joint. <laughs> just if he's high as hell. It does look like something that belongs on a T-shirt you get at Wildwood. <laughs> as I get older, I get a new appreciation for this stupid, stupid tattoo. But uh, <laughs> in my twenties, adding <laughs> more dad stuff to it, just like, just it seems like it would have a speech balloon that would just say like "school sucks" or some shit like that. But but in in my twenties, uh, I called into a local radio show in you know Central Oregon that was just like two guys doing kind of a Rogan thing, mm-hmm. but not quite as like you know two like kind of radio afternoon shock jocks or whatever, and they were talking about bad tattoos, uh, and I called in. I I did exactly what I just didn't describe this tattoo to them. Uh, and they got a kick out of it, right? Mm-hmm. These two radio DJs, so much so that like. A month later, I turned on the radio, this classic rock station, and I heard both of them saying, I mean, this was bad. It's not alien on a mountain bike bad, but it was pretty bad. So they were still using it as a point of reference for terribleness. A month later, and I was just like, God, this is a classic rock station. God, I hope dad doesn't listen to this. Uh, It's not like a podcast where I can say it and I'll know for a fact he'll never hear it. Yeah. Oh, God. Did he ever hear it? Did it happen? Did it hit? I don't 
No, nope. This is not. To my knowledge, it hasn't. What if it's just like you stop listening, but it just got bigger and bigger, and then by the end they're just like, and now it's the alien on a dirt bike comedy hour. Yeah, we're going to hang out. We're going to talk about bad tattoos like that alien on a bike. Yeah, that was kind of what it was. And again, it was weeks later. <laughs> you know, I can I can bring it up during one episode. The odds of my dad hearing it are, are slim to none. Yeah. But but if they keep referencing it, my dad's going to flip through the radio dial at some point. You know? Yeah. So I, I've been holding off on getting a tattoo for like since I was literally like 18 because somebody on the Internet said the rule of um, you have to want your tattoo idea for a year before you get it to make sure you don't get something stupid, which I I followed uh, and it prevented me from getting a Led Zeppelin tattoo when I was 18. I think all in all pretty good because I don't really listen to Led Zeppelin anymore and I realize that, yeah, that's a pretty dad tattoo to get. Um, it's a pretty dad tattoo. But then it turned out to be terrible advice because after that I was like, okay, well, I, I, no, I didn't get a Led Zeppelin tattoo. Great. Awesome. That worked. But then it kind of ruined it for me because turns out I don't like anything for more than a year. I, this is the problem. Yeah. I think – I. I, I think I think what you got to do with this is just kind of accept like the risk, right? Just accept the risk that whatever you put on there, you might feel weird about it later on in life, and that's just something that you're you're just gonna go through with, right? Yeah, uh, it's and it just, it's just it, a it, memorial it, 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 to how it. weird of a person you were in 2015. It, I d- all right, so that was 15 minutes of. of Talk about tattoos and Super Bowls. Yeah. That's good enough. That's good enough for an intro. Welcome to Breaking Mayberry, a, a, te- a program where we talk about the Andy Griffith Show and other baby boomer television. Uh, and today we are doing two episodes that are kind of the same episode. Sort of? You know? Yeah. You know, bo- both of these both of these kind of like boil down to Aunt B invites an annoying guy to come over. Yeah. We are doing season five, episode three, and season five, episode five. We're skipping episode four. I want to get a guest for it, but we might not. Um, but anyway, I'm glad we put these two together anyway, because they work well together. Especially because they were also both directed by Howard Morris. By the way, is Ernest T. Bass. The oh, actor who it? plays Ernest T. Bass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so... he sucks at this. <laughs> he's not great at it. <laughs> no, he's really bad. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's expanding his range. He's he should stick to acting. He's not good at this. Yeah, he's not good at this. And I would say if he he is as much as we hate his character good at being Ernest T. Bass. Like Okay, so uh we're starting with Okay, uh, normal I think I think we're going to go in order on this one, right? We're going to start with uh season 3 or episode 3, Family Visit. Originally airs October 5th, 1964. Written by Jim Fretzel and Everett Greenbaum and directed by Howard Morris. And here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Aunt B's sister and her overbearing, obnoxious family come to visit from out of state. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's it, right? Like, this is... This is an aggressively nothing episode. It, <laughs> like... This, this episode... Basically, both of these episodes together kind of become... Like... This show is getting increasingly dad, and this is, like, the most dad pairing of episodes of just, like, 
I don't like it when people stay in my house and they don't respect my rules. I don't care for it. There's, uh, you know, they're, they're treading on my authority. They're not, they're not respecting me. I can't get into an overt conflict, so I just gotta kind of grumble and deal with it. Not a fan. Not a particular issue. I'm not very upset. I'm just kind of upset all the time. Yeah, like, Andy's reactions to these are just really strong. Ah, oh, brother. And they really kind of fall under Andy's, like, no-conflict-ever rule, right? Yeah. Um, so, episode one, or episode, this episode opens up with Aunt B, Andy, and Opie sitting on the porch watching everybody go to church. And they're like, hey, buddy, enjoy, uh, enjoy church. Yeah, we went to the early service. Yeah. So we're hanging out here. Have fun. There's a funny bit where Opie uh, spoils Cain and Abel yeah. for, uh, for a kid. Opie's like, hey, we're doing, they're doing a sermon on Cain and Abel, and this is really big. And, it, and Andy's basically like, no, don't ruin it. Spoiler alert. That's ah, adorable. But also- it's, I like that joke. Andy is like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Like, he's not like, shut up. Opie, you little rascal. Don't tell him the plot. He's like, Opie, shut the hell up. <laughs> like, yeah. Just continuing his uh his season five trend of being a bad dad, <laughs> and then Aunt B starts getting wistful because she notices a a family that's like four generations of people named Claude, Claude Senior, Claude Junior, Plain Claude, and Little Claudette. Yeah, uh, they go by toad naming rules apparently <laughs> in in this family. But Plain Claude, who should be Claude the third, they just call him Plain Claude. They talk about how. Uh, maybe they call him playing Claude because he's just so homely. And they're like, oh, he's not that homely. Whatever. Pfft. Wet fart. Anyway, Aunt B starts going on a tangent here where she's like, you know, we never have family come over. Opie's never met any of his cousins. You know, Andy, you haven't seen any of your cousins for 15 years or so. But you boys used to be so... Anyway, she starts being nostalgic for... She, uh, they talk about how um, his cousin works on oil rigs all over the country and Opie's like, does he ever work in America? And uh, Andy just basically says, like, no, he had a brutal divorce, uh, so he doesn't come into the continental <laughs> United States anymore. Yeah, he he kind of says it like as a gag, like yeah, something to do with a uh, with a girl in Cleveland, Ohio. It was a you know, gag, but he kind of treats it like, no, he can't enter the country. Yeah, like, kind of. That's there's... the vibe is like, no, the, illegally, there are warrants out for his arrest. So he needs to stay in international waters. If, if, if he sets foot on foreign soil, he's in trouble. And you'll notice that all of the countries that I just listed, they don't have extradition <laughs> treaties. So, you know. Yeah, it's like he likes to stay in South America, Hong Kong, Thailand. <laughs> France for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh but you know, everything's cool. Don't don't look up his name. <laughs> don't 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 ask around about him. You might hear some stories about the Cleveland slasher. Don't worry about it. But anyway, the this all culminates in Aunt B going, you know what? I'm going to invite my sister and her husband to come stay with us with their kids for a few days. And so they do. They invite her sister, Nora, and her brother-in-law, Ollie, to visit. And they have two kids who are a little bratty. 
Like, but basically... They have brat energy, but they don't do anything. They don't do anything. They, they don't do anything. They like, look... I'm looking, I'm looking at the Mayberry fandom, and it says they show up with their rotten kids. They're, and Andy tries his best to... They, these kids don't do anything. They look like little bastards. I'm not... You yes. look at one look at those kids' faces, yeah. and you're like, you're little shits that do terrible things all fucking day. I mean, I want to hang out with these kids, but... They, their, their worst thing is... They are, uh, they are not very well behaved when they are forced to share, uh, a, a twin bed with two other boys. They're like, I want to sleep yeah. in the middle. And then one of them has his knee and Opie's back. Um, and it's like, yes, yeah, they're being little shits, but also they're sleeping. They're sharing a bed that is barely containing the three of them. Fuck off. Buy, get a sleeping bag, you assholes. Yeah, I don't know why I don't know why no one was crashing on the couch. The Mayberry Wiki, ultra reliable Mayberry Wiki pointed out that like there is a fourth bedroom in the in the Griffith house or in the Taylor house. Like they have a guest room. That's where Gomer stayed, but that when whenever the plot is convenient that that bedroom will disappear. Yeah. It'll disappear so that we can get the imagery of Andy like in bed with this giant weird penguin man. This yes. annoying penguin man. So most of the frustration comes from Ollie, who is a very annoying person. Uh, like, Ollie, a very irritating person. Ollie rolls in. The family rolls in, and they're all saying hi. And one weird interaction I, I like, clocked was uh, Ollie walks in, and Andy just goes like, Oh, hey, you're fat. And uh, Ollie just goes like, Yeah, man, you're kind of fat, too. Look, you got a belly. And he's like, Yeah, I got a belly. Uh, and then they just kind of move on to the other thing. But it was just, like, a really weird interaction of, like, Hey, we both got guts. Woo! <laughs> I think I think that's how a lot of like baby boomer reunions go, right? Yeah. Like I think a lot of a lot of like high school reunions are just like, hey, we look the same but fatter now. Yeah. Look at us. The it's march the first of time. thing you immediately notice. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, that is Ollie's basically just... the most confrontational and direct that Andy gets with them through the entire time of just like casually mentioning that Ollie is fat. Ollie's just kind of a weird shithead. Yeah. You know, he uh he he steals the squad car to go fishing and he like won't stop blaring the siren even after Andy tells him not to. He hangs out at Andy's job and like plays with the guns a lot and he hassles people that come in to play to pay parking tickets. Um, he points a rifle right at Andy, right? Like, yeah. This is this is a dude who hangs out quick note, Barney Fife is in neither of these episodes. Uh and like this is a dude who hangs out with Barney Fife all day, and this is what made Andy go, "Okay, man, let's let's put that gun down. Let's yeah, put that, let's put that away." Just you he know? was pointing He's... a shotgun at his face and dry firing repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Nora keeps trying to hook Andy up with like girls that he likes back home. Which, by the way, let's talk about this. Okay. Because like Nora, Nora won't shut up about how hot Andy is. It's very weird. This is her. Ne- this is her nephew. Yeah. No, okay. So her specific opening. Mo- so they w- they enter the kitchen. First interaction. She says, "You were such a handsome boy." And you turned into a handsome man, and I knew you were going to be a handsome man because of how handsome a boy you were. Handsome boys turned into handsome men. So, so handsome. You were such a handsome boy who turned into a handsome man. And uh, Ollie just basically... 
basically comes in and you're says, allowed to say that once you were yeah you you say <laughs> you say you were a handsome boy and you're a handsome man and then you probably if you need to keep talking about it you stay on the handsome man point not you don't yeah. keep circling back to handsome boy but, I mean, she just keeps finding ways to say ha- – it, 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 it feels like nobody wrote this part. It feels like this scene is ad-libbed. Yeah. And they just gave her one riff to go on. But, yeah. No, basically her entire thing is just talking about how hot Andy is. And she keeps trying to, to hook Andy up with uh, girls from her hometown even after she's notified that he has a girlfriend. And she says, like – I know so many girls back home who would just love to get married to you. And Ollie counters this by saying, no, he's single out here and just crushing it. He's like, basically, he's like, you can't set him up with one of your uh, with one of your friends. When would he find time to crush pussy all over town? Like, I assume he's doing. I've been in his kitchen for five seconds. Uh, except except he he does sign off on hooking him up with one girl because she has. Uh, she's a widower with a life insurance policy, a $4,000 life insurance policy, and a taco truck? Or like an ice cream truck? A bakery, bakery truck. truck. And bakery truck. There's, they're having a conversation about this, and Andy is like, well, you know, I'm actually in a relationship. Uh, and Ampy goes like, she's the local school teacher. And Ollie says, you know what they say about school teachers. And uh, then his, Ollie's wife, whose name I'm blanking on, uh, says- Nora. Well- and Nora says, well, this woman is a widow. And he goes, you know what they say about widows? At which point I was like, I want you to tell me what they say about what? both of these things. I, I I don't know what they say about either of these. It's Please the, expound. The way he the way he's saying you know what they say, it's it, it's not that they're very caring and loving partners. It's that's <laughs> not really the implication. It's like, you know what they say about widows. They do anal. Like, it's, <laughs> it's really, that is the vibe that he gives off. <laughs> Which, it's super gross. Like, Nora's already being fucking gross and weird by just, like, getting really all about Andy's dick as soon as uh, yeah, she yeah. shows up. I, and Ollie is making the- it weirder. They're doing kind of a weird Ollie-oop. I think that's the difference between the annoying people in this episode and the annoying guy in the next episode, yeah. uh, which is that, like, that guy is annoying, yes, but these two are annoying and gross and off-putting. Yeah. Like, these two, they're, and that's why I can't, by the way, I gotta say, don't watch this episode. I didn't want to watch this episode. It's just, I feel like every year there's, like, one or two episodes of the Andy Griffith show that's just, like, what if a guy came from from, from a different town and he sucked? Yeah. No. What, what if we what if we spent half an hour with a guy who sucks? And it's, Won't that be fun? And it's not like they're quirky. <laughs> it's not like they do weird <laughs> no. stuff. Like, Ollie doesn't no. sleepwalk or, like, Ollie doesn't have, like, some sort of head injury that makes him think that he's, like... Uh, a general in the Weimar Republic. There's no weird. There was the there was the there was the bad luck guy. The bad there luck was the guy, guy who had bad luck. That was it. Ollie's deal is just that he's a very unpleasant to person to be around in a very realistic way. And there's not <laughs> yeah, really yeah. jokes about it. They don't really get into bits. It's just like Ollie just shows up and he's just like. I'm going to make a really annoying noise for, uh, let's say, two minutes, and both Andy and the audience need to sit here and deal with it. And, like, 
by the by like the 10 minute mark i'm like okay i actually need ollie to shut the fuck up i he's 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 cousin eddie he's like the impetus for cousin eddie yeah but like, like but not funny i really can't emphasize enough Ollie is how not, unfunny this is. How yeah. really deeply unfunny Ollie is as a person. He's just a very real annoying guy that you have probably encountered in your day-to-day life. You do not need this man to be written. You know him. You have met Ollie and you hate his guts and you got out of that conversation as quickly as possible. He's probably your uncle. Yes. <laughs> you know you know the uncle that you don't particularly like and you kind of avoid at family gatherings. Introducing a written version of that. Congratulations. You are paying money to encounter that guy now. Anyway, the the solution for all of this, by the way, is the stupidest shit imaginable. Yeah. Uh, Andy hears uh, a news report on the radio while they're listening. uh, And the news report says, there have been escaped convicts and they are in the area. By the way, and the, and the voice of the news report is is also Howard Morris. Oh, that's nice. If you listen, you're like, okay, you, you can hear uh, the Ernest E. Bass in it. They um, escaped in some kick-ass way. Like, they tur- they fashioned a gun out of a bar of soap or something. They did some yeah, rad yeah. MacGyver shit. <laughs> Ollie's like, well, what are you going to do in a situation like this, Andy? And Andy's like, eh. Probably nothing. Yeah, he like closes he closes his newspaper and turns off the uh, the radio. He's like, more than likely they'll go the other direction, so we don't need to worry about this. Yeah, which again, Andy just fucking care about anything. Just just, re- just have a, a reaction to like anything ever. I really please. The, the radio comes on and the announcer says, uh, uh, announcing the raddest shit is happening over on the other side of the screen. Just like slightly out of frame. There's a car chase. These super villains are able to fashion ordinary objects into a weapon like their bullseye. They're throwing staplers at the police and killing them instantly with headshots. It's fucking awesome. Oh man, I sure wish you could see this, the audience. And Andy's like, and that's enough of that radio off. Back to this uncomfortable family drama. Like, he's just sitting there, like, he's reading the newspaper the whole time, and he's like, ah, I can't concentrate on the jumble. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sure wish rad shit would stop happening. Uh, But yeah, and and, and Ollie starts bragging, like, I tell you what, he started saying, if uh, if those I wish those criminals would I wish they would if those criminals did come this way you and me Andy we'd take care of them wouldn't we we'd take that shit we'd really handle that and Andy's like yeah sure man whatever okay uh, by the way by this point they have extended their stay from a weekend to a week I'm just gonna say also by the way uh, remember how Aunt B was the whole impetus for this whole thing mm-hmm. she disappears yeah she fucks right off she fucks right off. But, for this whole thing. Before we go to Andy's solution, I just want to I just want to point out there have been multiple chances for Andy to express any sort of dissatisfaction with these people. For example, yeah. Nora at one point says like Andy's driving them around in the cop car, Ollie keeps turning on the siren. And uh Nora says, "Ollie, Andy clearly wants you to stop playing with the siren." Andy, just tell him to stop doing it. Andy's like, uh, you know, it's fine that he keeps doing that, but if he wants to stop, it would be pretty cool. But, you know, he, he, he can do what he wants. It's a free country. 
And and another time they're like, we're going to extend our stay for another week. And Andy just goes like, I guess that's fine. I, you know, it's, it's not ideal for me, but you know, whatever, whatever I makes you guys just, happy. Yeah, I, the, the 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 weird the weirdness of this is that like I was really, I went into this thinking like Andy Griffith, Andy Taylor is like the dad. He's the man's man. Yeah. He's like he he's he's daddy. He's gonna put everything in its place. He's gonna like set things right. Andy Griffith, Andy Taylor in this season so far is a bitch. He sucks you can, so hard. You can do anything to him that you want. At least Don Knotts, at least Barney Fife will get aggressive. At least he'll like yell, you know, and then he'll and then he'll simper away. Yeah, but, like he'll express modest amounts of dissatisfaction with the state of things. You can do anything, and 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 basically for both of these episodes. Andy's solution is to just sit around and see what happens. In this case, the very next scene, he gets a phone call, uh, and he's like, oh, cool, you caught those criminals? Cool, thanks for letting me know. I was just hanging out. And then he gets an idea, and he's like, he, and he phones he phones uh, home, and he's like, hey, tell Ollie those criminals are coming this way. And then Ollie packs up their shit, and they run away. It's That's the, it. It's the only That's funny part it. of the episode. Where Ollie, he's basically like, Ollie, I'm going to be at the apartment in two minutes. I need, I'm grabbing an extra gun. You and me are going to have a standoff with the criminals. And Ollie, the, they hard cut to Ollie throwing all of their shit in the car and saying, I left the gas on at the house. We got to go back and get it. Uh, like, we have to leave now. And, him just, and then he, like, throws his family in the car and drives away. So that's how Andy solves it. You know the stinger. The stinger of this episode is Aunt B and Andy hanging out on the porch, going, "Whoo boy, glad that's over." Yeah, man, it really sucks to have your family over. And then they Aunt B answers the phone. Oh, hey, Nora, we loved having you over here. Please come and hang out with us again at the holidays and stay for a week. And then Andy just rolls his eyes. That's it. This is. Uh, you know what? I, fine. That's fine. That's a very realistic. Like your mom has definitely done that exact same thing. You know, it's that's this, fine. It's it's not funny, but like it's relatable. This is. I mean, it is a. I, I'm pretty sure this is like Andy is the man's man. Like house is my castle type dad because this is ultimately what those dads do when you actually like infringe That's upon true. their authority is just if you if you press them whatsoever they just mope into the den they yeah they go mope and then later they bitch to their wives about how like i don't want them to be here you shouldn't have invited them i told you i didn't want them to come over clara god damn it just i mean just scroll through r slash am i the asshole and you'll see you know many stories of men doing this exact thing and then blowing up at their wives and saying, am I the asshole for blowing up at my wife? Literally, he could have just said, hey, you can't stay here another week just because I don't want my son to have to share a bed with two other boys for a fucking week. Yeah, I don't want to sleep in a bed with you anymore, dude. Yeah. This is weird. This is weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. Are you having a good time sharing a bed with another man? For some reason, we haven't invented the king bed yet. We only have queens everywhere. No one. No no one on the couch? No? Nobody? No, No one for the couch? Nobody would find it preferable to sleep on the floor. We all have to share beds with each other. You don't want to sh- you don't want to share a bed with your actual wife, maybe? Right. No? Yeah. Cool? All right. Well, um 
I, that doesn't work for me. I mean, I, I, I mean, I know, I know that like it's the sixties, and you're not going to show this, right? We're not going to put married couples together, but like Andy goes and sleeps on the couch. The married couple sleeps in Andy's bed. The end. Yeah. Whatever. So yeah. dumb. So fucking stupid. These people suck. <laughs> Everybody here sucks. Um, but that's that's Ollie and his deal. Okay. Now let's move on to. Uh, do we do we have anything else to say about this one? I have nothing to say. This isn't an interesting episode. No, it sucks. We I yeah. think we covered it. Okay. Now let's move on to. Episode 5 of Season 5, Aunt B's Romance, also directed by Howard Morris, written by Harvey Bullock, originally airs October 19th, 1964. Aunt B resumes her romance with an old flame, Roger Hanover, a practical joker with a suspicious background. Wait, wait. No? No. What? Mar- no. Marty, 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 hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that this is an Aunt B episode? This is an Aunt B episode? No. Yeah, yes, Mar- Mar- yes, Marty, Dan. Marty, are you telling me this is an Aunt B episode? Are you this is an Aunt B episode. That this it's, is an ep- it's right in the title. It's you, right in the title. Are you telling me that this is an episode in which Aunt B is horny? Is this an Aunt B horny episode? Are you telling me that this is an episode where a horny Aunt B has sex with a drifting con man? Yes. Are yes, you- I am. We're back, baby! <laughs> We're back! We're boom! We're boom! 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 Firework! Yeah! It's like we're back in Start form. playing. Start Se- playing Rihanna in the background. Woo! Season one <laughs> plot, baby. We're all the way back. Jerry playing the hits. Woo! Let's go. Uh, except not. No. Except no. Almost. Because like, after the initial bit, once again, Aunt B fucking disappears from this story. <laughs> She's not in the episode. <laughs> Okay. It's named after her, but she fucking disappears. Real quick, by the way, Roger Hanover is played by an actor named Wallace Ford. And if we want to do a shut up and play the hits here, let's go ahead and look at Wallace Ford's personal life <laughs> section of his Wikipedia page. Let's do it. <laughs> because this was Wallace Ford's uh, final appearance on television. Oh, no. Uh, was on The Andy Griffith Show. Uh, after the death of his wife in February 1966, Ford moved into the motion picture and television country house and hospital at Woodlands Hills, California, and died in the hospital there of heart failure four months later. His body was buried in an unmarked grave at Culver City's <laughs> Holy Cross Cemetery. Yeah! This is this is actually what it says in his in his Wikipedia page. So Playing the hits with the, like, well of human misery that is every guest star on the Andy Griffith Show. Why is that grave unmarked? <laughs> what the fuck? You clearly know his name. Well, yeah. Did he die penniless and estranged from everyone he loves so that nobody would pay for an engraving and they just thumped a big piece of rock over the place where they dumped his wet body? Is that what it is? Hell yeah. We're back, baby. <laughs> I'm I'm saying that this this man was in several movies and television shows, all of which have his name on it. It's not like you can't identify him. Yeah, <laughs> an unmarked grave sounds extremely like he was murdered and dumped in a ditch. So, so anyway. He was buried in an unmarked grave because we knew that if people knew where he was, they were going to vandalize the grave site. He did things that were unforgivable, and we could not let people know where his final resting place was. 
God, I really liked most of this episode. I really liked a good chunk of this episode. And then right at the end, it takes a fucking hard left to assholeville. I like, I watched the I watched this episode just basically the entire time going like, just fucking deal with it, Andy. Just, just deal, deal with deal it. With, just deal with it, Andy. I know. I it. I see your facial expression. And I'm telling you right now, Andy. Just fucking deal with it. Just, Don't ruin I, this, Andy. I, I, I was screaming at the TV as well. I was like, just let this woman be happy, Andy. Yes. That was, that's kind right. of the problem is like, as soon as Aunt B was like, oh, look at me. I might be experiencing happiness. Maybe I'll get married. I was like, oh, damn it. They're going to take this away from her. Fuck. So so this, this opens up with uh, Andy and Opie hanging out. They're in the living room. The mail comes. Opie gets the mail. There's a little bit about Opie getting like a coupon book because it's addressed to occupant. Pint, and he's really ex- excited that I'm an occupant. Whatever. I really like this joke. This is a very funny bit where Aunt B gets a letter and she can't make out the return address, so she doesn't know who the letter is from. So rather than opening the letter, she sits there and goes, Raleigh, Raleigh, who do I know in Raleigh? It can't, could it have been Linda? No, Linda's not writing letters with her arthritis. And she goes on for a bit and Andy's just yelling, open, open it, open, open, open the letter, open it, open it. I thought this was It was very pretty funny. good. I thought this was good. I thought Francis Bavier was really funny. This was a very like grandma thing to do. I liked that 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 a lot. I was gonna say, and and the bit continues to be funny because she opens the letter and then she goes, "Oh, I'm so surprised. Oh, he wrote me. He wrote me after all these years. Andy, can you believe he wrote me?" And Andy goes, "Yeah, I <laughs> guess. Seems like the kind of thing he would do." <laughs> yeah, he's actually like having fun. All of this is very funny. I really liked it. Uh, Francis Bavier gets to do something for fucking the first time in in three seasons, you know. Uh, and so it is. It's a letter from her old beau, her old boyfriend Roger Hanover, uh, and uh, who says, you know, basically like, "Hey, I was just, you know, heard you around, just looking you up. Heard you in Mayberry. Figured I'd write you. Sup." Sup. Basically a <laughs> you up text. Yes, yeah, exactly. You up. Well, look at that, Andy. <laughs> she, he wants to know if I'm up. Yeah, oh, so charming. I am up. It's true. Should I mail him back a winky face, Andy? Do you think? It's, it's, you know, it's so funny, Andrew. It's so funny, Andy. I'm up, but I'm also down, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and, and I really can't emphasize enough that Andy's general uh, demeanor uh, hearing all this is like, oh, my God, this is the first interesting thing to happen in, like, three months. Oh, my God. Mine, too. Yeah. Me, too. Yeah. He's, like, general vibe is like, I, Andy is uh, trapped in a hell of boring people that he hates, and he's just like, Oh my god, somebody's plot is advancing. Fuck yes, fuck yeah. Change, I'm, I'm right there with change you. Change in this molasses-like life of mine. I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. I'm right there. I was also like, hell yeah, something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe, I know as a part of the structure of the show that Aunt B will not I- experience real lasting happiness, but maybe some fleeting joy in her hollow life. Yeah. Let's go. And and everything the build up to this is really good. Like, uh, you know, the, everything involves 
Andy's saying, okay, well, uh, you know, you're going to write him back. And she goes, you know, some point, if I get around to it. Okay, bye now. And, like, she immediately goes to she a pen. like, frantically yeah. scribbling on a piece of paper. You know, Andy starts, ha- starts, you know, teasing her gently a little bit when she finds out that Roger's coming. And he's like, okay, so uh, you excited? You're going to have fun? And Aunt B's like, oh, this isn't a big deal. It doesn't matter. It's just a person who's hanging out at the house. People hang out at the house all the time. It doesn't matter. And Andy goes, yeah, okay. Hey, what time are you going to the beauty parlor? Nine o'clock. Hey, shut I... It's good. It's good. It's good. It's it, good. It's, it's like they good. remembered that Andy Griffith and Francis Bouvier have good back and forth and are yeah. capable of banter, for fuck's sake. Yeah. They, this, have, they, have, they have personality, you know? That the old la- that the, the old spinster character actually is, like, distinct from the other types of dudes on this show and actually has, like, unique jokes that they can do. Like, Francis Bouvier is so funny yeah right? i i watched this and i kept thinking about the uh i kept thinking about the prison labor episode where she follows you know the them around the house the criminals around the house with a whistle yelling get to it yeah it was hilarious she goes toe-to-toe with hal smith who is probably the best comedic actor on the show yeah and 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 wins yeah you know? like and, and she gets like these five fucking minutes to and they don't let her do anything no wonder she hated this show no wonder she hated andy taylor or andy griffith you know like they don't let her do anything and here like she gets to do some stuff you know uh and then roger shows up and roger is annoying he's yeah he's but he's like but he's like grandpa annoying he is you know he's He's, literally the guy that dated my grandma when i was in high school He's old. in a permanent state of getting your nose. Yes. You know? Old guy. Bad jokes. Fucking deal with it. Like, welcome, welcome to to having an old guy date your grandma, basically. This is yeah, what man. it is. They do weird, dumb jokes all the fucking time, and you just get through your life. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, if you watch this show as a child, you don't get to be mad at Roger because you are Roger now. Yes. Right? You absolutely are Roger. You're absolutely going up to your grandkids and being like, hey, give me five or too slow. (laughs) Marty, are the jokes even that fucking bad? They're not. They're not that bad. He tells tells Aunt B a dirty joke, a kind of dirty joke. Uh, He says like, hey, hey, hey. What did the mirror say to the dresser? And then she goes, I don't know. And then he whispers something in her ear. And she goes, oh, you're bad. And they go up. You know, by the way, the punchline to that joke is, I can see your drawers. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. That's a day. Andy sits down. Andy sits down to dinner or to breakfast. And Roger is hiding behind a newspaper. And then he pulls down the newspaper. And he's wearing a gorilla mask. And yells, take me to your leader. Which doesn't make any sense. But also... Grandpa jokes, whatever. In terms of grandpa jokes, this guy's bringing heat. All right, it's a low bar to clear. It's a low bar. They're they're usually pretty bad, and you know what? He's not doing the knock jock joke. All right, a lot of a lot of what you get from grandpa jokes, knock knock jokes, and shit like that. Bad riddles. He's actually putting his back into it. They're not landing, but you know what? For the circumstances, they're pretty fucking good. Yeah, Yeah. I, I got nothing against Roger. He's fine. He's annoying, but he's fine. Yeah. You know, whatever. You know, 
Andy is like very like gets sick of Roger's shit real fast. Yeah. Which and then he goes to complain about this. He just goes to his best buddy and not at all an annoying person, Floyd. Yeah. Floyd just kind of extremely vacantly just does not absorb any information. Post-stroke Howard McNear played Floyd. Floyd, Howard, to catch up, Howard McNear had a stroke. They had to leave Floyd off the show for like a season and a half. He came back. He's always sitting now because uh, he can't really stand up for long durations of time. And they made the interesting decision uh, that uh, this version of Floyd does not understand literally anything happening around him at any point in time. I don't think that that's unique to post-stroke Floyd, though. Like, pre-stroke Floyd also had maybe a 10% comprehension of what was going on at any point. Yes, but he was... He mostly it was uh he was understanding the world around him, experiencing it, becoming weirdly horny about everything. Floyd was Floyd was reacting to stimuli. He was just doing it wrong. That's you, true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> this this version of Floyd is um uncomfortable. I'm just gonna say it. Like unpleasant. But but You I, might as I, well I, just be talking to a magic eight ball when you talk to this version of Floyd. It's weird he's he's like a snow globe pretty much he's not he, the things he hears and say do not in any way correspond to what is what is happening outside of him all of that being said i really like i did like this scene with floyd i liked it when andy and floyd go back and forth about who said a famous quote uh that was said by mark twain and floyd says something like i thought it was calvin coolidge <laughs> nah nah mark twain said it did he get it from Calvin Coolidge? No, no, no. Mark Twain lived before Calvin. Oh, then he couldn't have done it. They run into, uh, they run into Which Roger a- and Aunt B. Andy's yeah. Taylor's disposition at the end of this conversation is just being like, "Oh my fucking god, it was Mark fucking Twain!" Like, just yeah. like, like he can't get through any interaction without just being annoyed by the end of like, Jesus fucking Christ! I said it the first fucking time. Would all of you people shut up? He's just in a constant state of mild rage, just for the remainder of the show. Which is why, like, when he runs into Roger and Aunt B the very next minute, uh, coming out of the grocery store, um, he's like, man, I just don't want to deal with your shit. By the way, Roger, like, just elected to come by and help Aunt B with the grocery shopping, which is more than I've ever seen you do, Andrew. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so, anyway, so, I don't know. He, he tells some dumb joke, and then he fucks off, and... Floyd says, oh, what a nice fellow. Oh, what a weird fellow. And and, and and he just goes off and gives, like, the most emotion I've seen for, like, a year. He's like, I fucking hate that guy, Floyd. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Floyd, I can't stand this asshole. <laughs> Which, the, the next scene is um, Opie and Andy in the living room. And Opie is just like, so you don't like him, right? And Andy's like, well, you know, being respectful to people and he's a guest in our home and... We want to be nice to people regardless of things. And Opie's just like, so you hate him. Good. Cool. I hate him too. All right. 
Listen, we're on I, the same page. And the general- I like this scene too. I like I, I like that they're pl- have, they're playing and having fun with Opie now that he's older. Like Opie getting older is actually working cuz Opie can be a little bit of a smart ass. Opie can like we- challenge his dad on things. Which, which no one else does. I I was waiting for the next thing he said to just be like, so what are we going to do about it, old man? <laughs> like, <laughs> are we killing him? What's the plan here? Okay. But, but like, but like, but like, while they're doing that, like, while they're having that conversation, uh, Aunt B is, like, doing dishes in the kitchen, and Roger volunteers to help her. Yes. Says, yeah, I will help you wash them. I'll dry them. I'll help you with this, with some of this labor, which nobody in this house has ever done. She kicks him out, but like he gives him like, gives her like a squeeze and a little kiss on the back of the neck. It's cute. They're cute. I really enjoyed this. And I'm sitting there like you, like we said before, just saying, shut the fuck up, Andy. Shut up. Let her have this, you son of a bitch. This is a good thing. Let this woman be happy. Yeah. She raised you. You fucking owe her. She does like, unpaid labor around your house all fucking day. Just let her have happiness, you son of a bitch. Yeah, just, exactly. And like, and I'm just screaming, let her have the... And I, I just said it. I just, Andy, don't you fucking dare. Don't you dare meddle with this. Because I wanted this so bad for her. I wanted Aunt B to have something. I wanted Francis Bavier to have something to do. Meanwhile, uh, while they're, while they're doing the dishes, Andy is trying to like attach a plug. He's doing some electrical work. Like he's got to attach a plug, tie a plug to a uh, to an electrical cord or whatever. And Roger comes in and he looks at that and he goes, "Oh yeah, you're doing some electrical work. Hey man, you want to be careful with that. You might once want to get a whole other cord. Yeah, you you screw that up, it could light your whole house on fire. You know, like." You know, the thing that, like, people do, men do when you're working on something and they just kind of, like, look over your shoulder and tell you what you're doing wrong or whatever. That annoying thing that grandpas do. Yes. And then he takes the, uh, then he takes the cord. He's like, nah, let me try it. And he breaks the cord. So I want to take a pause here. Yeah. We've now gotten two annoying guys who are just up in Andy's business all the time. May I remind you, Barney Fife is not in either of these episodes. Are either of these men as annoying to have around in your life as Barney Fife is? Neither of them are a clear and present danger to you or your family. That's uh, what I feel. Uh, Ollie is. Ollie definitely is. To a minor degree. No more <laughs> than any uncle, really. Uh, like... Ollie does point a rifle at Andy. Like, Ollie's, Ollie's gun tactics are enough to make Andy stand up and go, Okay, man, no. No. No more than any uncle, really. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So, but yeah, no. Insane lunatic that has no sense of boundaries and is constantly, and has organized two ambushes on you to announce that you are getting married. So that's, so that, that's my point, right? And, like, and, Andy, Andy, your best friend is the most annoying plant man on the planet. And your second best friend is Floyd. And your third best friend is Gomer. You are surrounded by annoying people all the time. Everybody in Mayberry is annoying. Shut up. This is <laughs> this whole experience that he's having is basically like is basically him just being like, oh my god, this is why I'm glad my dad is dead. Like that's <laughs> like 
It's basically just like, okay, dude, welcome to being over 30 and having a dad. Like, this is what it's like. Congratulate. Welcome to the human race. That one got uncomfortable. You okay, bud? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. When All I right. said, oh, I'm glad my dad is dead. I was talking through Andy. <laughs> he, just just want to make sure. Just want to make sure that this is about Andy and not something else. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. My dad's super dead. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, this is this is just dad behavior is what I'm saying. This is shit dads it, do. It, it is deeply they, dad behavior, right? He like, criticizes him trying to do minor electrical work and then interferes and breaks it. Like, welcome. Cool. Fine. This is what it is. Does Andy have a dad? I'm assuming he's dead. No, no but they, but di- they just talked about how Opie has never met any other members of his family. Right, 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 right. But they didn't mention a grandpa, and the only we know that Aunt B raised raised Andy. So did Andy ever know his father? Has has Andy's grand has Opie's grandpa ever been mentioned? Opie's grandpa has to have been mentioned, right? At some nope. point, no mention of it. No, no mention of his, okay. of his grandpa, his grandma. I think Andy, Andy never knew his father. That might explain quite a bit. Yeah, why he's like, what the fuck is going on here? There's an yeah. older man getting into my business. How I'm not supposed to tolerate this, am I? Definitely not for longer than three days. Here's here's where this all fucking comes to a head, right? Uh, this is the left turn to assholeville I previously mentioned. Andy is hanging out on the porch, and Roger's getting up in his business, and Andy comes close to a confrontation, and he says, like, Hey, man, uh, what are you doing? Like, what's next for you? You were in Raleigh, now you're in Mayberry, where are you going next? And I assumed he lived in Raleigh, so I didn't understand why suddenly it was just, like, up in the air what he would be doing. He, he basically opens by saying, like, hey, man, quick question, are you homeless? Yeah. Th- there's a lot is, of subtext to this conversation. There's a lot of subtext, and I had to figure that right. Uh, in fact, like, the Wikipedia uh, one-sentence summary describes him as a practical joker with a suspicious background. But what is, like, up until this moment, I didn't see anything suspicious about the background. And that's why what happens here comes out of fucking nowhere. And it made me so mad, the hit job, the character assassination they're doing I'm a boy here. The conversation comes in phases where first Andy asks, hey, are you homeless? And he basically goes like, a little bit. Um, I, I was in Raleigh. Now I'm here. I was going to go to Florida after, but I'm having such a great time with Aunt B that I think I want to stay here. To which Andy goes, uh-huh. And he goes like, in fact, I was thinking of asking her to marry me. Uh-huh. And she will definitely say yes. In which case, I think I'm probably going to end up living in your house. Unless you said you didn't want me to. In which case, I would respect your wishes. Of course, then you would have to give me $400 for train fare so I would leave. And then they have a long stare at each other and Andy goes like, well, you better go propose to her. So it is basically Andy kind of challenges be like, what are your intentions? Are you on the up and up? Are you actually, uh, I, I think that you might be here under illicit terms. 
to which Roger just basically goes like, actually, I'm running the most insane con that anyone has ever come up with. <laughs> what? What? This con? What is the plan here? Uh, step I'm one. Doing the, I'm, I'm gonna... doing the old, old lady shuffle. <laughs> step one. I'm going to write my old girlfriend. Step yes. two, I'm going to hope she invites me to stay at her house. Step three, I'm going to be mildly annoying the whole time. Step four, I'm going to irritate her adult nephew that I didn't know existed so much that he pays me to leave. Or, step five, I marry her? What yeah. Is- what? No, what the fucking long game? And that's why I'm but saying he wasn't like, going to marry her because Andy says, go ahead, marry her to which he goes in and just goes like, well, I'm leaving. And then he comes back out and he asks, like, so do you ever play poker? And Andy yeah, because he like, called because he called his bluff. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I actually used to be pretty good at poker. Um, So he lending lending credence to our Andy Griffith, former con man theory. But also, this is a stupid con. This is an insane con. <laughs> Like, Andy Griffith's show Con Men just basically do bizarre Hail Marys. They're just like, like the way you were a con man in like, uh, in the 60s was just like, I'm just going to go into, uh, into town and I'm just going to start handing out free apples to everybody. And then through an insane series of coincidences, I'm going to end up with a guy's car. Ha-cha-cha. And this comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? We've given we've been given no hints so far up until this point that there was anything illicit about Rogers being there. And all he like his greatest crime at that point is making Aunt B happy. Yes. Like, yeah, like he 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 makes Aunt B extremely happy. He is a great and loving partner who I'm sure is just hitting her back walls like crazy um and and and, and splitting the labor yes and offering Not to help her with he chores splitting marty <laughs> like, i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying like he is he's taken on you know most he's doing his share of the work in the kitchen and in some other rooms that's all i'm saying yes the the man takes care of business he is a he is as generous in the kitchen as he is in the bedroom. Yeah, sure, just come right and say it. Fuck it. We can edit that out if I stepped on your bit. Uh, can we can we, just, can we just like say here like we love Roger. I don't know if I love Roger, but I'm on board. He's, I'm, he's I'm, a, I'm, I'm, He's good for MB and he pisses off Andy. And at this point, I like one of them and hate the other. So he's okay in my book. And adding Roger to the long list of Andy Griffith antagonists who we are like all for. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, he's he's helping out around the house. He's earned the right to criticize your your shitty electrical work. And, and honestly, the fucking the electrical work thing, taking the cable and ruining it. That is exactly a Barney Fife move. You could have taken every line of that dialogue, given it to Don Knotts, and played out the scene exactly the same. Okay, we uh, we have glossed over Roger's true, the final straw that Roger did that brought bring this brings this whole thing to a head. Andy has a bunch of petunias that he is planning yes. on planting in his garden, to which Roger says, "I would like to help. 
I'm very good at planting petunias, to which Andy freaks the fuck out and goes so fucking ballistic, more than he did when Ollie, 20 fucking minutes ago, pointed a gun at his head and pulled the trigger, um, says, listen to me, you might have opinions about electrical work, but nobody questions me when it comes to planting petunias. People come from all over the county to hear me talk about petunias. So I don't want to hear about any of your petunia opinions. These are my petunias, and I'm going to plant them. And this sounds like one of the ones where I'm paraphrasing or putting a little extra mustard, but barely. (laughs) Barely. He has this unhinged petunia monologue to which Roger justifiably goes like, all right, man, I was just trying to help. I just wanted to. And then later when they're having their like intense, like standoff, like it's a scene in heat. Roger's like, maybe we'll see about me helping with those petunias after all, motherfucker. And Andy goes like, no, that can't happen. The worst case scenario. Another man helps me plant flowers. (laughs) Couple of notes here. Number one. Andy has not shown any interest in gardening whatsoever this entire like show. We've been doing this for five years. This is the first time he's ever mentioned a garden. Yeah. Number two, is Petunias a euphemism? Is this some Georgia O'Keefe shit? When when he's when I Roger talks hope about not not with Andy, not with Andy, but when Roger talks about touching Petunias, I feel like Roger's talking about touching some Petunias. Yeah. Right. Maybe some two petunias and a rosebud, if you if you. You didn't yeah. think this metaphor through because I did not. Then Andy is not. talking about being the reigning authority on his aunt's vagina. So <laughs> no, no. I, I think, hope I think I think I think that I think that Andy is not like aware of people the innuendo. come from all over the county to ask my opinion on my <laughs> aunt's pussy. <laughs> I don't. I don't think people gather I don't think, around. <laughs> I don't think Andy's in on it. I don't think Andy's in on the bit, but I think Roger is. Yeah, I think I think it's that 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 line that we uh, that you just mentioned, where he says like, "I'm gonna get into those petunias after all." That I think is innuendo. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's point two. Um, point three is I'm reading a a comment from the ultra reliable Mayberry Wiki that was made in April of 2022. This is my least liked AGS, dot, dot, dot. I hate it, dot, dot, dot. I don't watch, dot, dot. Scumbag, dot, dot. Roger, dot, dot, dot. Andy the sheriff should have arrested him after Roger tried to blackmail him out of $400, dot, dot, dot. I hope it was a good lesson at least. These guys hate Roger. <laughs> and it, that, oh, and reads, it, that reads like a message that's coming through a seance. <laughs> or, or, or by Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> like a telegraph. Okay, so the p- part of the reason why I hate the little twist here that Roger has to be a douchebag is, other than that, like, if it wasn't for that, it's just Andy hates this guy for no reason, right? The The show twists its own logic, just twists itself around so that Andy is justified in his behavior. Like, other than this, the only strike against him is Andy doesn't like this guy. So... We got to flip heaven and earth so that because Andy Taylor can never be wrong. It's like 
the writers just kind of Andy Taylor needs to be right in a situation where he is mildly inconvenienced. So the writers just kind of come in and make up a magic penalty that justify Andy and give him the win. Much like the refs with the goddamn Chiefs. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Roger fucks off. And the, there, it does, I do really like the ending. Um, I think it actually, like, like, actually sort of ties the whole thing together because Andy goes in and he's like, so you must be really bummed that Roger is leaving. And she was like, oh, no, man, I thought he was going to ask me to marry him. And no, thank you. A little bit of that guy goes the, goes a long way. I'm really happy he's leaving. And Andy's like, oh, hell yeah. Like, because, you know, Ampy is actually a human being that is able to understand the world around her and is aware yeah. of everything happening and isn't completely oblivious. I liked I liked that too. You know, I liked that ultimately the decision was hers. Yeah, uh, and and it does mean that like Andy was letting that play out uh, to see what was going to happen. It's just man, it's, it's just such a hard fucking turn out of nowhere. I had to watch the scene twice. I like backed up. I was like, did I miss something here? What yeah. the hell just happened? And so I mean, it's just it's just a poorly written thing, and it makes me mad. Uh, Aunt B can't have nice things, but yeah, I, I I do like that. Ultimately, it came down to her decision, and she was like, L "No, you know what? It didn't come down to her decision. No, ultimately, she had no agency in this." Yeah, I I say I say that, but no, because he didn't ask her. He just kind of came in and was like, "Bye." So she never got the opportunity to say no. The magic trick of it is like, if you had given Aunt B agency, she would have sorted this whole thing out. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and what and and what a better episode ending that would be. Of course, that would also make that would also make uh, Rogers Con make even less sense. Yeah. No, I don't you, know. It's 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 just bad writing. It's just you should have had Roger around. not be a con man. You should have had Andy. Just basically be like, I don't want Aunt B to marry this guy because he's annoying. And Aunt B to just be, like turn him down and be like, well, yeah, he's fucking annoying. <laughs> I like him. He's a nice guy. He fucking wrecks me. But, uh, you know, it, he's annoying. I don't want to spend my life with him. That would have kind of worked. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be resembling an episode anyway. Yeah. Very frustrating. Just a very frustrating pair of episodes to put together. Yeah. Like, just... What if there were two annoying guys? Uh, and, yeah. uh, also, also, I want—I want just want to slide this slide this in here. I know like we Roger. talk about—I know we talk about how uh, easy it was to be a writer in the '60s, but man, seriously, was there nobody around checking just to go, "Hey, man, we just did an annoying guy plot line like two weeks ago." Yeah, like save this one. If you aired two episodes of a TV show that were remotely close in plot today within three weeks of each other the internet would riot these okay you both would get the, fired <laughs> both of these episodes are not television show plots they are airing of personal grievances like That's true basically the writer came in on both of these and was just like hung out with my uncle i wrote down everything he said or did and now andy is also going to deal with it <laughs> I just want America to know that my uncle Roger will change his name to Ollie is a real piece of shit. And I wish I could run him out of town with a fake crime. 
th- th- these episodes aired in October, uh, so it's not Thanksgiving, but some writers had very annoying Fourth of July barbecues, <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah. was that was how that we got this. I just had to deal with an annoying old man, and now so are you. Okay, <laughs> we're in this together, you sons of bitches. This was my weekend. Now it's yours. Let's go. I like I like the idea that Harvey Bullock saw uh, Fritzel and Greenbaum's script and was just like, well, if you get to talk shit your, about your uncle, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> it's just airing of personal grievances and just processing petty slights against them and their masculine authority through scripts. <laughs> All right, so put it that dumb. way, it kind of rules. Yeah. No, imagine if you could just imagine if you could just roll into your job and just write down everything that happened that week that you were not completely happy with and then just be like and film this. What the fuck do you think we do every week, yeah, that's, Dan? That's kind of what this is. That's what, that's what this podcast is. Yeah, like, basically. We, imagine we, imagine you doing you this get... but for significantly more money. And much more audience reach. Yeah. On that note, ratings. What do we feel about some ratings? Uh, season or episode three, family visit. Andy meter. This episode sucks. Is there... two. Okay. two, two, and it's all for that uh, Uncle Ollie packing the car scene. Yeah. All like... the all the good writing is in that. It's one of those things where they came up with the end of the episode and the end of the episode kind of rocks. And just, they were just like, and I'm sure there'll be some funny shit beforehand, but it's all just set up for one punchline. That's good, but doesn't yeah. really land. Barney meter. I'm giving a zero. There's nothing like bad about this. This didn't do any psychic nope. damage to America. Well, like one, uh, Vietnam, Vietnam, Vietnam. Yeah. The uh, Vietnam War was currently happening as this it was episode happening was in the background. Sure. So plus, and, so plus, um, so give it the Vietnam bonus. Yeah. yeah uh, war uh, crimes were happening. I, I don't yeah. know if Agent Orange had started being dropped at this point, but we can we have to assume. Uh, but other than other than the uh, the Vietnam bonus, yeah, there's there's nothing nothing here. Yeah. Uh, episode five, Ampy's romance. Uh, Andy meter on that one. Seven. I, I mean, I liked everything that was happening up until that, like, weird, like, left turn out of nowhere. I, I'm going to give it a five. I, I think just it wasn't very funny. Oh, it I thought it was funny. I, I didn't think I thought I thought everything that Roger was doing was like it, it was like relatable, but it wasn't really funny. I was never laughing during it or particularly enjoying it, but I didn't hate it. So five, I'll say five. I'm going to go with a seven. I liked it a little bit more. And again, minus the Vietnam bonus, a zero on the Andy meter or on the, on the Barney meter. Like there's nothing. Didn't do any damage there. Yeah. The depriving an old woman of agency is probably something, but I mean, yeah, that that didn't really have resonating effects, you know. So uh, one for Vietnam. Uh, Young men were dying in a foreign country conscripted uh, a war they did not sign up for. Um, uh, And uh, rich people were getting out of serving through uh, phony medical claims. So, yeah, one. One. One for this. Yeah. Uh, you're really going to take... All right, we're doing that Vietnam bit until the end of the war. Got it. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's it. That's this one. That's this round. Uh, as always, you can find us on the internet. Uh, Facebook, join our group, Breaking Mayberry uh, fans. Uh, and hey, if you're going to join the group, please actually answer the questions and say that you like agree with the rules. We've been getting a lot of people applying lately who I think are secretly actual Andy Griffith fans that aren't reading anything. Twitter, we are still Break Mayberry there, but we're using it less and less. Uh, we'll probably get back into Instagram at some point. Email us, breakingmayberry at gmail.com. Uh, and give us ratings and reviews. Oh, we do have a new Patreon subscriber to thank. Dope. Thank you very much, Kelly, uh, for signing up. Uh, Kelly will get access to our Discord server and also access to all of our bonus episodes. Uh, have the ability to vote and make us uh, watch things of their choice, etc., etc., uh, and several other bonus things that happen throughout the year. So uh, be like Kelly and uh, support us with your money dollars. That is it. Uh, I think I'm good. Are you good, Dan? I'm good. Okay. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode. Uh, we're bringing back Ernest E. Bass, so that'll be a fun one. Hey. Uh all right, until then, we will see you all down at the fishing hole. I might make you go back and do that again. Uh-oh.